Welcome to Parent Driven Development. I'm Kay Wu, and today I am here with my friend Mandy. Hi, I'm Mandy Moore, and today I'm here with my friend Allison. Hi, I'm Allison. Today, there's something that I wanted to chat about. So we're, episode is being recorded, we're sort of coming out of the holidays, out of winter break, and I'm Jewish, and my partner is not Jewish, and we recently came back from a few days at my in-laws that I found to be very challenging. I'm still honestly processing it, and I wanted to talk about it today. I feel like this is a big thing that comes into play for holidays in particular, right? It's like all these negotiations, like all these different parts of the family and everyone wants different things and there are only so many hours in the day and everybody wants to like cling to it. And in our situation, we have three sides of the family. They're mostly near each other, at least, but my side, my husband's dad's side and then my husband's mom's side since they divorced a few years now. I guess I was going to ask up until now for previous years, how have you all been navigating like those competing demands from everyone? I will start and give a little bit of background because there are lots of interfaith relationships. I think Judaism is especially interesting because it's not just a religion, it's a culture and ethnicity. And before I married my husband, I dated other men who were not Jewish. And so I got very comfortable with having that conversation very early on in the relationship. And I had always known that like, wanted to raise my children Jewish, didn't want a Christmas tree in the house, wanted only to have a Jewish household and we, where we only celebrated Jewish holidays. And so I think it was literally like our third or fourth date that I said to my husband, just so you know, I never want to celebrate Christmas in our house. I understand that Christmas is a lot of tradition and has a lot of memories for people. So that's often something that people aren't comfortable with. If that gives you pause, or if you think that you're going to have an issue with that, then we should probably just stop dating and call it a day. And that's fine. He was like, no, sounds good to me. And then even before we got engaged, I said to him, look, we've decided that we're going to have a Jewish household, that our futuristic children, family, whatever, we raise Jewish. I said, oftentimes that's something that's really challenging for parents to sort of accept, et cetera. I think you should have that conversation with your parents or just sort of like talk to them about it as we were getting more and more serious. And he was, "Eh, yeah, sure. We've now been together like almost 10 years. So he's probably had this conversation for at least the last seven years. And he's a sister and her family. So with them in the past, his family, they don't celebrate Christmas on Christmas. They usually pick a couple of days at the beginning of January or end of December that is convenient. And that's when everyone goes home. And really what they do for Christmas is they have a Christmas tree. They do presents. That's it. Like there's no church. There's no, I sort of even got lucky because his family is vegetarian. So there's not even like the Christmas ham discussion that we had to navigate (laughs) early on. And so for years before kids, we went back, we did some presents. It was fine. When Devin was a baby, he didn't really have a concept. It didn't really matter so much. Last year, which was the first year that I think Devin would have sort of understood a little bit more about what was going on. Nobody went back for Christmas because I was pretty far along in my third trimester and I didn't want to travel. My husband hates dealing with airports and airport crowds. So like he didn't really want to do it solo with our son and my sister-in-law, they had just had their, their second a couple months prior. So they weren't traveling over winter break because the, the baby was too young. So we sort of got out of it 
last year. So that's how it's been navigated in the past. And we decided for this year, our message to our son who goes to a Jewish preschool who, so last year when we went to a thing where Santa was there and he came running over to me and he said, the king, the king is here. It's the king. <laughs> like just had no concept of who Santa is. This year, you know, there's, there's more screen time. He's just more aware. Like he understood the concept, but he he also very matter-of-factly said to me, I'm Jewish. I don't celebrate Christmas. You know, like, oh, that's a Christmas house. That's a Christmas house. Those people celebrate Christmas. Santa goes to their houses. Santa brings them their presents. Santa doesn't bring me presents. That's fine. And I'm Jewish in my house. In my house, I celebrate Hanukkah. Oh, this is interesting. So is this a way that you've described it to him? Or is this a conclusion he's come to that Santa goes to Christian houses and the houses of people who believe in Santa, I guess? You're not really doing a Santa is not real. Right. Because that would be awful for the rest of the world. I do not (laughs) want my kid to be that kid. (laughs) Well, this is the thing I need to think more because that's like kind of our plan. We're also like early on enough where it doesn't really matter yet, but soon. Yeah. The way that we describe it is we have not figured out at all how to navigate families where they celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas, mm-hmm. or well, maybe they put up lights and have a tree up, but they're Jewish and only really celebrate Hanukkah because there are all sorts of different Jewish people with all sorts of different observance mm-hmm. levels out there. It's very nuanced and I haven't figured out yeah. that one yet. So we are just sticking with houses that have Christmas trees. That's where Santa goes. And for Devin, he's Jewish. Santa doesn't go to Jewish kids' houses. And it sounds like up until now that he's been chill about it. Like there hasn't been a, but I want Santa to give me things too, sort of thing. Yeah. Very in, the, in his Jewish identity, which sounds yes. great. Which I was shocked about because I was sure that he was going to be like, but why doesn't Santa come to my house? And I want Santa to bring me presents. And that was what I was anticipating, him being really upset about that. What I was not anticipating was all of the pressure from my in-laws and the rest of the family about the fact that we don't celebrate Christmas. So an example is that my in-laws said to my son, Merry Christmas, which I was not thrilled with. And we've talked to them about our kids don't get presents from Santa. You can give them presents when we're there, but they need to be from the person that they are from. So they said Merry Christmas to him. And he, him and all of his like three-year-old glory said, that's so silly. I don't celebrate (laughs) Christmas. I'm Jewish. I celebrate Hanukkah, which I thought was a perfect answer. And and way better than me being, you know, that's not cool. Don't, you know. But their response was, well, we can still say Merry Christmas to you and you can still say Merry Christmas to us. It was just the first of many things. I mean, we made cookies and they call them Christmas cookies and we call them sugar cookies. And my husband was, let's call them sugar cookies because they don't have to be for Christmas. They're cookies that we make around Christmas time. And my mother-in-law was, no, they're Christmas cookies. I'm calling them Christmas cookies. It was so challenging. I mean, it kind of sounds like just the whole trip would be full of friction points, big and small, that just weren't exactly necessary. You know, it's not like... Yeah, and my son is learning a little bit of whatever, like 15 words in Hebrew or something. He was really excited. He knew that his grandparents don't speak Hebrew. So he was really excited to teach them some Hebrew words. I said to my mother-in-law, you know, he said something like, oh, I'm going to teach you Hebrew. And she said something, oh, I'm too busy for that. 
Oh, and then I was told I had an interesting conversation with my brother-in-law who was trying to understand. I think that for some people who don't know that many Jews, Judaism is a little bit difficult to understand because you can be atheist Jewish. You can never, ever go to synagogue and you can still be like a very culturally still consider yourself very Jewish, which is just different than how I think a lot of other religions work. And, you know, I had a conversation, you know, it's really trying to understand it. And, you know, he's like, why don't we, what if we called it Chrismica? I get the notion of that, but our holiday was a month ago. So it's not like we're meeting in the middle of both holidays, (laughs) first off, you know, and he's like, what if we called it Chrismica? And you all like taught us about Hanukkah. And it's like, do you know how in like a lot of like diversity efforts, it's sort of like always the underrepresented minorities that have to be teaching everyone else. You know, you just run out of spoons and run out of like the emotional Mm -hmm. energy continued. And it's why should I be putting my children amongst their immediate family in a place where they need to be educating? Right. In a place where they're always going to need to be essentially code switching. You know, I've heard the term code switching when you sort of are able to like speak a certain way and act a certain way and do certain things around folks that have a similar background to you. But oftentimes you talk about it in terms of like minorities and majorities. But then when you're around the majority, you have to sort of code switch and like fit into what their like majority mentality is. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm still processing it and why it was so sad for me is because it makes me feel like by this life choice that I've made, I've introduced my children to a life of having to code switch around their immediate family. And that feels really challenging. It sounds to me a little bit like as well that I certainly can't speak to intent, but the effect of some of the interactions over this trip was a little bit as though your in-laws are not fully accepting your family's entire identity, if that makes sense. Like they're not interested in learning about and welcoming, positively accepting your Jewish identities. And I imagine it might feel like at least that they, well, let's just not talk about the Jewish part and pretend like that's not there. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. And it's so hard because my son in particular is he's so way more than I could have ever honestly imagined a small child to be. He is so attached to his Jewish identity. And that makes me proud. Like I want to raise my children to be proud, confident Jews. There's so much anti-Semitic shit, to be frank, going on in the world today. You know, like our preschool has an armed guard at all times. I know that within the next couple of years, much sooner than my mom had to explain to me what a swastika is and what it meant for me, I know that I'm going to have to do that with my kids. And so to recognize that's a part of being Jewish, that's a part of the religion. In light of all that sort of stuff, and I know that they're going to have to deal with, I want to raise them as proud, confident Jewish individuals. Colin, throughout the years of our relationship together, has never officially or formally converted, but he's also developed his own sense of being Jewish and Judaism and what it means to him and how he sort of observes and how he connects to the religion. And I think that's also part of it is that his family feels this must just be like me sort of making this decision for our family, as opposed to the fact that my husband and I have come to this decision together and that he is as much an active part of our Jewish household as I am. But Devin, he's so excited. His response is grandparents like, that's so silly. I don't celebrate (laughs) Christmas. I celebrate Hanukkah. Like even our niece was saying 
they had to go to sleep because Santa was going to come and like bring more presents. And <laughs> I actually think Devin said something like, well, I don't have to go to sleep yet because Santa doesn't bring me presents. <laughs> so I'm, he goes, so I'm fine. I don't need Santa. I'm okay. <laughs> But you can go to sleep or, you know, like something something like that, which is sort of hilarious. That's got to be my strategy. I need to remember this. If you don't believe in Santa, that means you don't have to go to bed early. And that will be a huge carrot for my son. Well, he's so like matter yeah. of fact about yeah, it. Yeah. He sings the songs. It's just so funny. And it's, it's hard to imagine. And granted, I have no idea what I'm going to feel like as a grandparent, which like I may or may not be one day. But it's hard for me to think about not engaging with your grandchild on that level definitely i was raised catholic and i used to attend sunday school and church every sunday growing up and after i did the whole confirmation thing and kind of grew up my family stopped going but i don't consider myself religious i consider myself spiritual I want to believe that there's something better after you die kind of thing. So my whole thing with religion is complicated. But having said that, I was raised, we celebrate Christmas. So it's been a, a rough couple of years just going back and forth. Previously, I would celebrate Christmas with my mom since my daughter was born. And when she passed away, her fiance's family decided to cut all ties with myself and Maisie. And we have not seen them pretty much since she died. So not only did she die, but that whole family died too. So luckily, you know, my dad and I have kind of reconciled our relationship. We've gotten over some of the barriers that went with him and my mom divorcing, and we're actually really close again. He celebrates Christmas too, and he says, oh, Santa Claus left some presents here for you too, Maisie, and she's nine almost nine and a half, and she still believes in Santa Claus. I was waiting for that shoe to drop this year, for her to be like, okay, Santa's not real. I mean, we're still doing Elf on the Shelf. She thinks it's hilarious, the things that Alice, that's our elf's name, does every night, which is the bane of my existence during the Christmas season. <laughs> People, if you start doing that when they're two, be prepared to do that for like the next eight to nine, maybe 18 years. <laughs> You have to set a reminder on your phone. Move the damn elf. <laughs> His family, they respect when we celebrate Christmas. It's not hard. It's kind of the norm in the USA that the majority of people celebrate Christmas. But yeah, he's like, yeah, Santa Claus left some presents here for you. And she's, oh, great. And like at midnight, like with you, you said, oh, the kids get to stay up or have to go to sleep with Santa. Well, there's this tradition in my town that's called the whistles. And at midnight, they play these steam whistles to Christmas carols. And so it's like a big thing that everybody stays up for but then they have that NORAD Santa tracker and it's all of a sudden Maisie's watching that and she's oh god I'm not in bed and Santa's on his way to Pennsylvania and I'm like oh it's fine Santa will come back around for the kids that are still awake listening to the whistles 
We just kind of fudge details like that. I mean, since my mom died, my best friend, we've celebrated Christmas Eve with her family because my dad still lives about two hours away, which is a lot. And to drive like on Christmas Eve to his house. And then I feel strongly that I want Maisie to wake up under her Christmas tree. So I don't like spending the holidays in other people's houses. So we've spent Christmas Eve with my best friend, Julia, and her family for the past two years. I think that's like going to be our new tradition and then my dad said you could come up Christmas if you want but I just kind of felt like it would just be a day for me and Maisie and we watched a bunch of movies Christmas themed movies National Lampoon's Vacation and Elf and Home Alone and then I made some of the food that my mom used to make on Christmas Eve we were big into steak and seafood, so I, I made a steak and I wrapped some bacon around some shrimp and we just kind of had that for lunch. And then other than that, we just sat around all day by ourselves on Christmas and it was really great. It was low key. Yeah, I could have gone to my dad's, but I'm still getting to know his family. His girlfriend has two daughters of her own who are older and we're just now getting to know each other. So there's a lot going on with that and I spent Thanksgiving with them but I don't want to be like okay here I'm just gonna insert myself into your life now kind of thing and here's my daughter too (laughs) so I felt like Thanksgiving was enough this year but I don't know I'm just we're kind of going along with it and creating our own traditions as the holidays are coming and they just kind of evolve with how I'm feeling so it's nice yeah and actually this year on Christmas I took my son to see his first movie in movie theater which was a lot of fun that's what we do on Christmas (laughs) when the Christmas sort of suggestion came up I said like no that's not what I'm comfortable with the response was well you need to compromise and that like that sort of thing just like puts me into mama bear mode because it's actually I don't have to compromise I already compromised by just showing up where Mm -hmm. there's like Christmas tree and presents that are not being sent for Hanukkah, but that are being saved for Christmas. I don't want to say like I'm already compromising by living in America where it's Christmas everywhere. I don't have to compromise. I will say at this point, I feel like it's like, quote unquote, my family, which is a little upsetting also because it makes me feel like I and my children will always sort of be a little bit strangers in the home because there is this whole piece of us that they're just this felt like a turning point trip like okay they're actually never going to accept this piece so it feels like okay we're always going to sort of be coming into like this strange place where they don't accept the full us which is yes I will have to compromise when they sing a whole bunch of Christmas songs and throw in that one Jewish song for school concerts and I will have to compromise when they do a quote-unquote holiday party that is actually mostly around Christmas and most mostly has Christmas stuff and has the one dreidel or the one menorah or whatever. All of that, yes, in those places, I have to compromise because we are a family that is living in America and that is part of what America is. But I don't have to compromise around my family, around the people that me and my children are supposed to be very comfortable with and that should accept our whole selves whoever that is whatever that is I mean definitely them respecting your feelings and your wishes especially when it comes to your child that's huge and honestly I'm kind of like a no bullshit person I would just be like oh not doing that again next year yeah that's currently where we're at it would take a lot to get me back here for future Christmases. And at this point, I would feel very uncomfortable with our children. And he agreed. And he said that he said that even he felt really uncomfortable with 
the comments and the suggestions, the things that were going on, and that he also doesn't want to expose our family to that sort of pressure, those sorts of comments, that sort of mentality. Yeah, and that's why I told a little bit of my story about Christmas, because we're in a time where things are just crappy. So making new traditions up as we go It's just easier than being like, oh, we're going to do things this way because we should do things this way. I said during the pre-show, I put the nativity up because I inherited the nativity. And it reminds me of being younger in the house with my parents. The nativity to me doesn't represent any kind of religious, spiritual kind of thing. It was something that was put out every year at my house growing up. And I remember those as quote unquote, the good days. So making your own traditions and changing them. I don't think Maisie and I have ever done anything a couple years in a row. We're just kind of like making it up as we go. And it's just so much less stressful. Cool. How are your holidays? Because you're kind of starting to get a little older, but so you're sort of like, you're at that expectation setting phase potentially (laughs) with your your families. Exactly. (laughs) So I celebrate a secular Christmas. My husband is Catholic. We've agreed to raise our child Catholic. And so they will be doing a, like I, you know, I imagine he will be. And the nap schedule is not quite such a factor. They will be going to Christmas mass together uh, kind of thing. And the plan, anyway, is not to do Santa. But the details of this plan definitely need a lot more fleshing out. <laughs> so we were able to get away with it this year so far. The once we've been back, and he's, he's a little bit, last year he was just really still very, very young. So the only pressure came so far. And, oh, you, are you going to do the photo with Santa thing at the mall? And we were basically like, eh, with Nico's personality, like he doesn't like being touched by strangers strangers, which I'm kind of like, I think this is an extremely reasonable position for (laughs) a 16 month old person. Yeah, fair enough. You don't want to be touched by strangers. And so we were both just like, yeah, I just feel like it'd be really stressful. He wouldn't really like, he'd probably get scared. So that was enough for this year. Not Um, to mention they're like $40 a picture. Oh my God, seriously? (laughs) She's like, I don't even know that. Well, no, no. If you do that, like at the mall, it's it's ridiculous. What I do, here's a quick tip. There's usually little farms and stuff, like the bakeries Mm -hmm. around here. Like even at the Christmas tree farms where you go and cut down your own tree. So avoid mall Santas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Santa is a racket. Wow. I mean, you're, yeah. you're already in the mall to participate in quite a lot of commerce. Oh, you, know? you might as well like offer them your second child if you want your first <laughs> child to have your picture taken with Santa Claus at the mall. <laughs> That might have also been a less wordy excuse because my husband is well known to his family as someone who is very cheap and unwilling to spend money on, you know, things that aren't necessities. So, but I, you know, I definitely anticipate next year, our son is starting to hit that phase where he's really picking up being able to express vocabulary now. Like every day, there's a couple more patterns of sounds that we're like, oh, we feel like he's using that to mean a word of some kind. We're building our dictionary of verbal translations. And anyway, I just anticipate <laughs> the next Christmas, we might have to have some conversations about, oh, we don't really want to do the, like, what did Santa bring you? And all of that for a variety of reasons. But I have 10 months to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that 
past years wasn't a big deal. There was like a little moment for my in-laws when they realized that my husband wasn't going to be taking, I guess throughout the years, they put aside ornaments for each child. There was like a little moment where they recognized that he was never going to take his box of ornaments and that they should just give them all to my sister-in-law. But even that was sort of like a momentary, oh, that's a bummer, but wasn't a big thing. But it seems like there's something about the fact that a toddler can actually like get excited about a holiday and verbalize and talk about whatever that all of a sudden like makes it even more important. I think it's because you want to see and hear their reactions in the same way that you remember it from when you were a kid or from when you remember it with your children that you remember how excited you were when you were a kid or how excited your child was and so you want to recreate that they've been kind of anticipating that all along it is a huge benefit of enjoyment in parenthood i think to be able to experience their things that are new to someone else who gets like so excited by things right and that feeling of oh i could introduce them to something really fun and new and it makes you feel really good yeah (laughs) no one is nearly as impressed with me right ever (laughs) as my son is with me right now i'm sure it's going to be paid back in spades when he's a teenager but right now I'm so cool and that feels awesome yeah I mean I feel you know when my son comes home and is singing a song that like I remember learning in preschool or when I oh yeah I know that song and sit and like sing it at the kitchen table it is a lot of fun that's the best I love that but for me Maisie's she's almost 10 so she'll listen to like a Britney Spears song and be like I remember that song (laughs) (laughs) like oh my god my kid's so awesome yeah hit me baby one more time Maisie Oh, man. I've been thinking about that of when I'll start seeing like, oh, yes, I remember that was really trendy when I was in middle. This fashion trend has come around the second time now. And oh, mom and dad, your vintage taste in music is so neat. (laughs) And now vintage is only like the 90s and early 2000s. (laughs) Sometimes I look up days of like in the late 90s, early 2000s or whatever. And my initial reaction is, oh, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, actually, that was like 20 years ago now. Yeah. (laughs) Classic music to me is the 60s, 70s. So we've been talking about the people bring these anticipations and expectations and hopes and dreams. And then the reality is your in-laws do not have a brood of Christian grandchildren that will forever go to their homes to celebrate Christmas with them. And I can imagine that that would hopefully would help with some reflection and then polite and welcoming behavior. But I wonder even if, there, if there's like a mourning period. Yeah. That's not been nearly as gracious as one would hope. Yeah, I think that my hope, because we've made sure to bring it up for so long, I think that my hope was that they would have sort of like gotten over that morning period by the time we actually got to this point, but they haven't. And it brought up a lot of questions. Both my husband and I are very much still processing this and still thinking about this because it is the reality of, okay, what does it now mean to go there in the future and to not be our full selves? And also what does it mean We've started thinking about future situations. So I highly doubt that anyone from my husband's family is going to come when my children get bar and bat mitzvahed, which is a huge moment in Jewish kids' lives. And who knows, maybe they'll surprise us. But 
kind of bracing yourself for the the yes right because actually Devin's bris which was a circumcision Mm -hmm. like that was actually a huge deal and Colin's dad came at the last minute but no one else came Mm -hmm. none of them came to our daughter's naming so I was telling my husband that I think like most kids I went through a phase when I was younger where I sort of questioned God and questioned Judaism and questioned "Eh, miracles or that sounds like nonsense what's the scientific reason (laughs) (laughs) this is just the like crazy Bible story. The resounding message that I got back from everyone because I was, you know, surrounded was sort of like, it's okay if you question these things, these things still make you Jewish and you can question and you can still be Jewish. And also whatever you decide is fine and you can still be Jewish. And so my husband and I were talking about that and we were like, what if our children have a close relationship to his parents and take their questions to them? And the response is, well, you don't have to be Jewish. Well, maybe you're not for Jewish. That's okay. We encourage you to ask those questions. The way that as a Jewish will support you. All of a sudden, in the last couple of days, we've talked about all these potential situations in the future where we sort of have to insulate our children from his family, which doesn't feel good for either of us. Mm-hmm. In choosing to date and marry someone who is not Jewish, we actually don't call ourselves interfaith because Colin is not practicing. So Colin refers to us as like a faithiest relationship. Um, <laughs> the term interfaith because we're not trying to balance Mm -hmm. Christmas and Hanukkah we're not trying to balance we have a Jewish household our kids are Jewish Colin just happens to not be by Jewish law but in making this decision I thought about a lot of things I was a a Jewish community professional for a number of years. And I thought about a lot of things. And I told him that one thing that I did not think of at all was this idea of code switching and having to potentially insulate our children from a part of their family for this reason. I did want to ask as well if you thought that it's particularly fraught for the month of December, because the setup for this past one kind of sounded like this was your compromise. You will visit around this Christmas time while they are celebrating Christmas, but you want to be not celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Even if you are kind of sharing the time with them, you know, and it sounds like a compromise where the other side did not really either understand or follow through with their side of things in terms of supporting and appreciating the part that you've already done. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like a consequence of that is, okay, well, if when you're there during December, they're expecting you to celebrate Christmas with them, then the consequences, then you won't visit because you're not celebrating Christmas. And so far, it's been like a package deal on, yeah. on that end of things. Yeah. And it's true because they're actually like, there isn't the same push. They don't like send Easter things. They don't do sort of like other holidays. So part of me wishes that while our kids are still young and they're not in school, we could just pick another random week because it doesn't make a difference. But it sounds like, you know, with work schedules, it's sort of like the easiest time to take the time. And that's why we're thinking that maybe we just won't go in December for this trip because there's nothing that's like in your face at almost any other point during the year. I would say, except if we chose to go around Easter, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something that ended up happening (laughs) around then besides Christmas and Easter, because it doesn't really come up at any other point. They don't go to church. They're not talking about going to church. That part of it isn't there because there are a lot more Jewish holidays. His parents still do sort of shy away whenever Devin is talking about other Jewish holidays, but that is what it is. But in terms of going there, Yeah, I think that we just have to respectfully decline to go in December. I feel like that's a great solution, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Until the guilt. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> and my husband definitely feels obligation and a lot of family guilt to show up. And so we'll yeah, see. I, I get but it. Thank you both for discussing. I feel like that was a good good conversation and just have so many feelings about December. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So this is now the time that we talk about our genius and fail moments. I'm sure that we could do a whole episode post-holiday about genius <laughs> and fail moments. This is where we talk about in the last week or two, something that we did that was great or something that we did that sort of sucked. So genius fail, who would like to go first? I've just got a quick one. I'm super proud that I moved that damn elf every night this season. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have to make up an excuse as to why she didn't move or <laughs> the fact that, yes, it's still real and magic exists and everything's still okay and she's not broken and she didn't die. And I did it every night. Nailed it. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I have one. It's mm-hmm. genius. So we belong to an aviation museum here. It's like the only museum that we have a membership to. It's just sort of like this local airplane museum. Anyway, when we were visiting my in-laws, we were looking to get out of the house for a long time. So we found uh, an aviation museum by them. And it turns out that actually our membership of our aviation museum here by our house, it has this whole network of sister museums across the country. And the aviation museum that was by my in-laws was also part of that network. And so we were there for a pretty long time. Um, (laughs) And we didn't have to pay for any sort of entry or admission because we got the sister membership benefit. So it was a two-part genius. Part one genius was getting out of the house for multiple hours. <laughs> Part two genius was remembering. It was actually my husband that remembered that our museum membership came with sister museums and that it was possible that that one was, in fact, a part of the network. That Double is genius. brilliant. Um, I will round things out with a quick fail. We spent the day yesterday at my parents which was really nice one for dinner in the morning Nico took his nap there then we you know hung out in the afternoon the diaper situation was pretty dicey I mean we spent the day there at their place before but he was especially active and that diaper was not secure at all fortunately there was no solids but you know about 20 minutes before we got home he started really complaining in his car seat and I thought oh he's probably just and it's dark out and so he's had a long day and then we took him out of the car seat and all of his pants the back of his onesie and his jacket and then the car seat as well totally soaked (laughs) (laughs) we learned later that apparently we have a model where you can take the well supposedly you can take the cover off without having to uninstall the seat entirely but I was just like just bring the whole thing in and I couldn't face it last night to figure out like how to get the cover off of the seat (laughs) but I did manage it this morning and ran it through their wash and it's drying now so that can do the whole thing in reverse order again of figure out the complex engineering needed to put the cover back on and then install the seat again. It's just so weird to me still that you are allowed to have babies and we don't have to pass any certifications. You basically need a PhD to figure out car seats, I feel. Lord help everyone if if your test to bring a baby home was to install a (laughs) 
car seat. Yeah. <laughs> My, I have a friend in Philly who's having twins and I offered to her to do product research because I want to help, but realistically I can best help with things that don't require me to leave the house. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, as it turns out, like I'm very good at researching things on the internet. It's, it's basically what I consider my job is. I'm a <laughs> professional internet researcher, essentially. Anyway, so on the question of car seats, I looked up some car seat clinics near them and I was like, look, just buy these car seats. I've done the research. They'll fit in your car, even though you'll have two of them with the twins. And then just bring them with you to this clinic and have them show you how to install it and then make sure it's installed correctly before you have to come home from the hospital. Everything else can wait. It's in Scandinavia somewhere where they send babies home from the hospital with a box of supplies. And then the idea is the baby can sleep in the box if you Mm -hmm. need to. So everything else you you can figure out easily. Just the car seat thing. Just go to this clinic and have them do it for you. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Parent Driven Development Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions or feedback that you'd like us to chat about on air, email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com or find us on Twitter at at parentdrivendev. And if you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We're patreon.com slash parentdrivendev and rate us on iTunes. Thanks so much.